Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for January 10th, 2023. I'm starting off the year. The Lord told me on New Year's Eve, I was in worship, and, and that's that's something. Let me just slide this in real quick for free. That that uh, Isabella and I, we start off every year in, in church, right? Ever since I've been born again, every year, I know people do different things for New Year's Eve, but we are seeking the face of God. I just want to be able to hear from God for this next season. Not that God is tied to calendar years, but, but we want to be able to always sense any shift or any move in the spirit. So New Year's Eve, while I was in worship, the Lord said to me, start off the year by teaching the miracles of Jesus. And so we're going to go through every miracle that Jesus performed while he was on the earth. Yesterday, we looked at Jesus healing a man who had been lame for 38 years. I wasn't able to get through that whole miracle yesterday. So we're going to get to it today. And so I want you to open up your heart to receive what God is about to release in your life. What God did for this man, he had been laying for 38 years in one moment, boom, with Jesus, he was able to walk again. God is gonna stir up your faith today. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. Before I do, before I get into the miracle, I told you that uh, the word that came for us, for our church, for this year, Psalms 126 and verse 4 from the Passion Translation, is something that I'm going to meditate on all year. I'm probably going to be sharing it with you all the time. This is Psalms 126 and verse 4. I believe that this season is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. This is what the Bible says. Now, Lord... Do it again. Put that in the chat. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Put, put it in the chat. Say it out loud. Look, now, Lord, do it again. The Bible says, restore us to our former glory. I believe that in this season, God is going to... You You remember when you used to like praise God maybe on another level? You used to get down in the word of God maybe on another level, maybe along the way, especially at, since the beginning of COVID. It's like people lost like a spring in their step. They lost a smile on their face. They lost a praise on their lips. They lost a song in their heart. But God, in this season, God is going to do it again. God, restore us to the former glory. May streams of refreshing flow over us, watch this, until dry hearts are drenched again. Every dry place in your life is going to be drenched again in this season. No matter what you lost along the way, no matter how difficult 2022 was, because it was difficult for many of us, watch this. It's a brand new year. Yes, 2022 is over. We're looking forward ever, back whenever the best is yet to come. Lord, do it again. He's going to restore us to a former glory. Say amen to that. All right, now let's get into the miracle. John chapter five, beginning at verse one, the Bible says, from Galilee, Jesus returned to Jerusalem to observe one of the Jewish feasts. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, there was a pool. In, in Aramaic, the pool is called the House of Loving Kindness. It's surrounded by five porches. Hundreds of people, hundreds of sick people were lying there under the porches. They were paralyzed, blind, crippled. Many of them were waiting for the healing because an angel will come periodically and descend into the pool and stir up the waters. In the first one, who got into the water, when the water was stirred up, would be instantly healed. Now, among the many sick people there, there was a man who had been disabled for 38 years. He had been paralyzed for 38 years. When Jesus saw the man lying there, he knew that the man had been crippled 
for a long time. And Jesus said, man, do you even want to get better? The man said, well, sir, sir, here's the problem. Uh, uh, there's no way I can get healed for I have nobody to help me. I have nobody to lower me into the water. As soon as the angel comes, I try. What do I have to do? I can't walk. So I crawl and I try to crawl to the edge of the pool. And by the time I get there, somebody beats me to it. Jesus said, come on, I'm not even going to address all of that. Jesus said, arise, pick up your bed and walk. And immediately the man stood up and he was healed. He rolled up the mat. He started walking again. Now, Jesus had worked this miracle on a Saturday. It was the Sabbath. So when the Jewish leaders saw that the man was carrying around, carrying his sleeping mat on a Saturday, they said, what are you doing? It's a Saturday. It's not lawful for you to be carrying stuff on the Sabbath. And he answered him, well, the guy who healed me after 38 years told me to pick up my mat and walk. Well, guess what? I'm going to pick up my mat and walk. They said, well, what man? He said, well, who told you to disobey the Sabbath? And, and the, the man who was healed, he was like, I, I don't know. And they looked around and the Bible says that Jesus has slipped away into the crowd. So what does this mean for you today? Man, I love the word of God. I don't know about you. I, love, I watch TV. I like TV. I like shows, but I also love the word of God. There's so much revelation in the word of God. Let's get to it. I, I taught you from this miracle yesterday. I'm going to continue to flow in this miracle today. Here we go. Number one, to walk with God effectively, you must be driven by purpose and not driven by need because God is not driven by need. Now, I've shared this with you many times. You must be purpose-focused, not need-focused, must be purpose-driven, not driven by need because God is not driven by need. So the more you walk with God, I'm just going to double tap on that today. The more you walk with God, the more God walks with you, the more you learn to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more you embrace, say this, put this in the chat, I embrace the grace of God. When you embrace the grace of God, remember there's two aspects of God's grace. Number one aspect of God's grace is when God goes before you and he favors you and he gives you things that you did not earn. In that moment, you do nothing and God does everything and you didn't do anything, but God did it for you and it was the grace of God. Say amen to that. All right, so, so that's one aspect of God's grace. Where I do nothing, God does everything. The other aspect of God's grace is when God empowers me to do all things. In the first one, I do nothing. In the second one, I can do all things. So as you're walking with God and you embrace the grace of God, you realize that you can do all things. You will be driven by purpose and not driven by need. I've made this point before. Once again, it's worth repeating. If you are driven by need and not driven by purpose, it will be difficult for you to walk with God because God is not driven by need. God is always driven by purpose. And if, you, if you're driven by need, it's going to be easy for Satan to manipulate you because Satan knows how to create need. So if you're focused on need, then the only thing on your mind is you and what you need instead of whatever God wants to do. So living this way, watch this, makes you too selfish to walk with God and God walk with you. When you walk with God, God is always focused on giving. God is always focused on others. If you, if your life is all about you, oh my God, what do I need? Like, what do I have? When I get up in the morning, even before I get out of bed, I'm thinking about you. Even before I get out of bed, I'm like, Lord, what do you want to say today? What do you want to say to your people? I'm good. Like, I'm not focused on me. I'm good. I know God's got me. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm focused on being a blessing to other people and God's got me. God's going to take care of me. And there's nothing that God won't do for me because I'm not focused on me. I'm focused on him. Jesus wasn't walking around saying, let me, let me focus on me. No, he was focused on others. And God is living that way. So if you want to walk with God, you can't be focused on yourself. If you are selfish and self-centered, then, then, then you can't walk with God because God is just not that way. That's not the heartbeat of God. For you to maximize your purpose and potential, your life can't be about you. Your life has to be all about him. Put this in the chat. It's all about him. It has to be about him. It can't be about you. 
And so through you, if you if you're living your life focused on you, and, and, and while God is looking to impact the world through you, then you're going to miss out on the opportunities that God is looking for you to, to leave impact because God is always looking to be a blessing through you. And in the process, yeah, you'll be blessed too, but your focus can't be you. See, needy people who are always focused on need and selfish desires and, 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 and whatever their requirements are, they're quick to point out what they don't have. Uh, because of what they're facing. They're, they're quick to point out, well, I can't do it. Like the reason why, well, I would love to do this, but I don't have it. I would love to do that, but I can't. And they're always driven by circumstances. They're always talking about what they can't do. What, they're always talking about what they can't, what they don't have. And, and so they're focused on need. And because for them, watch this, let me say it this way. For them, all the conditions need to be right. For, for them to go do what they believe that God has called them to do. Oh, I would love to go on a mission trip. Oh, I would love to be able to give. Uh, you guys give a lot of money. I would love to give money. But you know, that's not how the way my bank account set up. <laughs> I would love to go on a mission trip. But you know, I don't have everything right. You know, uh, I would love to go on. For them, like all the conditions need. Well, you know, I got to have somebody watch the kids. Well, you know, if, if I would love to see all the conditions need to be right. No, when you're when you're driven by grace, when you're living, God is not moved by need. God's moved by purpose. When you are purpose driven, Father, you want me to go on this mission trip. Let's how are we going to do it? When you're when you're focused on God and his grace and his purpose and not your need, God will line things up. Instead of you having to have everything right, all your circumstances lined up, watch this, instead of you having, having to have all the conditions set for you, you set the conditions. Say this, put this in the chat. Say, I set the conditions for my success. I set the conditions for God's purpose. I'm not moved by need. I'm moved by purpose. And see, God is a God that's moved by purpose and not moved by need. If God, I made this point before, if God allowed himself to be moved by need, then he would be manipulated by Satan because Satan would just create a need in Africa, create a need in India, create a need over here. God and Satan, and then God is just running to put out fires and, and, and God would just be rushing over here and rushing over there. No, we're not moved by need. We're moved by purpose. A needy person cannot strive to maximize their purpose and potential because they're too focused on themselves. They will live their lives. Watch this. Here's the danger. And here's the problem with needy people. Needy people are going to live their lives from episode to episode. It's like they, they finally, I'm just trying to barely scrape myself to get by and they get through it and they go, whoosh. We made it through that one. And then they get ready for the next episode and they get ready for the next episode. And they're living from storm to storm to storm to storm. They're, they're not living. They're, they're not impacting the world because they're focused on themselves. They're focused on need. God didn't bring you into this world just to be focused on you. God didn't just bring you into this world to wait for all the conditions to be right so you could do something. Listen, if you wait for all the conditions to be right, you'll never do it. It, it, there's a, a scripture in the Bible that says, if uh, those people that are waiting for all the conditions to be right before they sow seed, they'll never sow. Mm -mm. They'll never sow because the conditions are not going to be right. If you're waiting, oh, I need to get ready. I'm not ready yet. If you, man, you ain't never going to be ready. God, God is just, when you walk with God, God would just send you out there. You cannot, God didn't bring you into this world to be focused on yourself. This is how Jesus lived. Watch this. What you're like, you're like Rick. I understand the point that you're making, but what does it have to do with the text? Okay, I'm glad you asked. This is what it has to do with the text. Jesus walked in to this area covered by five porches. Hundreds of people, hundreds of people are sick. Jesus is only led by the Holy Spirit 
in all things at all times. He only does whatever the Father tells him to do. He only goes wherever the Father leads him to go. Jesus walks past hundreds of sick people and Jesus heals one man. Jesus walks past hundreds of sick, sick people and he's not moved by need. Jesus wasn't like, oh, wow, there's a lot of need here, so let me lay hands on everybody. No, there were times where Jesus healed them all, but in this case, he healed one person. Why? Because he was not focused on need. He was focused on purpose. God, what do you want me to do? Listen, you got to live that way. You got to be so confident in what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do that you only do what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. Well, wait a minute, girl. How come you're not doing this? Wait a minute, girl. You know, God loves people. So why don't you, listen, I can only do what God told me to do. That's it. Don't try to put your calling on me. I don't know why this is the case, but, but church folk are really good for trying to put their calling on you. Hey, listen, if you're called to do something, go do it. Stop bugging me about it. I need to walk with God. I, I, you can celebrate the diversities of giftings and callings without jealousy, but stop trying to put your calling and your assignment on me. How about you go, you be you, and I'm going to celebrate you, and I'll support you. I might even sow a seed. And let me be me. Don't put your assignment on me. Church folk are really good for doing that. Like, oh, hey, we need to go do this. Uh-uh, this is not in my notes, but I'm going to just slide it in for free. Oh, man, brother, uh, brother, you know, Sister Q coming. You going to the jail? On Saturday, no, no, jail is not my thing. Well, you know, Jesus said, uh, oh, I was in jail. You visited me. If you ain't visiting people in jail, you ain't doing what Jesus said. Come on now. I'm doing something else. Leave me alone. You go do the jail thing. That's not my thing. Or, hey, hey, uh, uh, Brother Cucumber, you going to feed the people on, on, on Saturday? No, no, I, I got something else going on. Oh, you, Jesus said I was hungry and you fed me. If you ain't feeding people, you ain't doing what Jesus said. How about you go do your thing? And leave me alone because I'm called to do something else. We gotta, we, you got to be so confident in what the Holy Spirit tells you to do that you're not moved by anything else. Jesus walked past everybody, healed one person, and then he slid into the crowd and left. And the church said amen. All right, number two, Jesus was not trying to make a name for himself. So, so when you walk with God, God walks with you. I teach the grace life. You want to embrace the grace of God to be the man or the woman that God called you to be. You can't be out here trying to make a name for yourself. It's not about you. When, when you glorify the name of God, God will make your name great. Jesus healed the man, told the man, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody uh, uh, you know, who did it, and then slid away into the crowd. Jesus was not performing miracles to draw attention to himself. Jesus was not doing this for himself. Jesus only wanted to bring glory to the Father. God told Abraham, listen, hey, Abraham, watch this. I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make all the families of the earth be blessed through you. I'm going to bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. When you walk with God, allow God to walk with you. When you embrace the grace and you live the grace life to be the man or the woman that God has called you to be, God will make your name great. You don't have to put, you don't have to be out here publicizing and advertising yourself. God will make your name great, but he's not going to do it when you are pursuing selfish desires, when you live the grace life and you know that you're not a self-made man, say this, put this in the chat. I'm not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made woman. I'm only doing what God told me to do. I'm only walking with God and allowing God to walk with me. When your focus is on God and making his name great, watch this. I'm a witness. God will make your name great. In this season of refreshing and restoring, let's get back to you to the point where our lives are all about him. We, we are here on this planet to bring glory to his name. I am always quick to glorify God and I'm a witness. God has made my name great in every area of my life. And I operate in and out of different realms in ministry, in the marketplace and in, in missions and for-profit and nonprofit. And everywhere that I go in and out of, God has made my name great because I'm not here to glorify me. I'm here to glorify him. Say amen to that. 
All right, number three, sometimes your faith needs to be reignited. Sometimes your faith, it just needs to be reignited. Let's talk about it uh, uh, as it relates to this man. When Jesus asked the man, hey man, do you even want to get better? The man started to give a bunch of excuses. Jesus knew that he had the power of God to heal. He knew that the grace of God was available for, for healing. So remember, God's grace has to precede our faith. There can be no faith where there is no grace. Um, and so now the grace of God was present for healing, but the man needed to exercise some faith. And the man's response at first was just full of excuses and complaints and frustration. And that shows us that he had lost hope. He, now, the, I, believe, I believe that there was a time when he first got there where he was like, oh man, I'm about to get, what? There's a pool? What? There's angels? The angel come down to, oh man, oh, I'm about to get my hand. There was a time where he could see it. There was a time where he tried. There was a time where he was like, oh man, let me get, let me, oh man, you beat me to it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to get the next one. I'm going to get the next one. Oh, no, no, you beat, oh, no, no problem. I'm going to get the next one. But over the process of time, over, over half, having failed so many times, the man lost hope. And, and, and there's danger in that because in the kingdom of God, if you can't see it, you can't have it. Your legs will never take you where your soul has never been. Listen, if you can't see it, you can't be it. If you can't see it, you can't have it. In the kingdom of God, you have to see it on the inside before you can have it on the outside. And so, so this man had lost his hope, but Jesus needed him to get reignited again. So Jesus says to him, oh, I love it. Jesus says something. Jesus says, okay, let, let me reignite your faith, man of God. Let me tell you something. You down there, haven't been able to walk 38 years. Let me reignite your faith. He says, get, pick up your bed and walk. He tells the man to do something that he could not do. He tells the man to do something that he had not been able to do for 38 years, knowing that if the man, what the man had to do was Oh man, this guy is telling me to, to pick up my bed and walk. This man is telling me to stand up. Now, I haven't been able to stand up for 38 years. So for me to stand up, what's going to happen? I have to attempt it. I have to, I have to attempt to do something that I could never do. I have, to, I have to attempt to do something that I have not been able to do in 38 years. I have to attempt it. I have to, and watch this. Faith is something you say. Faith is something you do. Faith is a seed that you sow based on what you believe that God revealed to you about your future. And so faith, by faith, you have to attempt it. By faith, you have to do something. By faith, you just can't think about it, meditate on it. No, no. Faith requires you to do something. Jesus's words reignited the man's faith. Jesus said, get up, arise, pick up your bed and walk. And the, and the Bible says, the man, let me see, let me see. Oh, snap. I was like, and the boom, just like that. The power of God hit his legs. He was able to stand up. The power, he was like, he grabbed this mat. He was like, oh, Jesus. What, what? Why? He was able to do it. His life changed. His legs and his life changed in an instant because Jesus reignited his faith. Sometimes your faith needs to be reignited. I'm talking to somebody right now. This is a season of refreshing and restoring for you. This is a season in 2023. Put this in the chat. Say, my faith is on fire. Put, put it in the chat. Say, my faith is on fire. My faith is reignited. My faith is burning. I have a, a, a faith that's a flame and my flame is burning. I, I'm a man of faith. I'm a woman of faith. My faith is an action word. I got to go do something. Faith is something I say or do or so based on what God revealed to me. His faith got reignited in this series in 2023. While I'm teaching you on the miracles of God, I'm talking to somebody who's, who faith, your faith maybe had been lying dormant, but you're going to stir up your faith in this season. Matter of fact, I'm going to keep preaching to you to where you, you want to high five yourself, to where you can't contain yourself. You're going to get up and you're going to get excited. Say amen to that. Number four, it takes faith 
to believe what God has already provided. Remember, the way that God works, God does everything by grace and we do everything by faith. The grace of God is unearned, unmerited, and then our faith is in response to God's grace. So we must believe in the power of God. Uh, Okay, let me just talk about healing for a minute since we're talking about healing. So we must believe in the power of God to heal, but it must also take action. God does everything that he does by grace. The grace of God is available for healing, but it's going to require an action on our part. God requires us to live by faith, and faith receives what God has already provided. Faith is an action word. So the man in the text had to attempt something. And I'm telling you that sometimes God is going to require you to receive your healing, to receive your breakthrough, for your business to advance, for your marriage to be restored, for your wayward children to come home. God is going to require you to do something, to attempt something. You say, well, I've tried it so many times, Rick. You don't understand. Listen, the man had tried to get up a bunch of times, but, but this time it worked. Why? Because the grace of God was present. When the grace of God is present, you have to activate your faith. Say this, put in the chat. I activate my faith. My faith is tapping into what God has already provided. Say amen to that. Number five, it's never too late for God and there's nothing too hard for God. I want to preach to you this morning. I want to get your faith up. I want you to get reignited. I want you to get excited. I don't want, know what situation you're in, but it doesn't matter. It's not too hard for God. I don't know how long you've been waiting, but it doesn't matter. It's not too late for God. This man had been waiting for 38 years. This man had no power in his legs. As a matter of fact, imagine if he had not, uh, from a medical position, a medical standpoint, his legs had to be had to have atrophied over 38 years. His legs were probably had no muscle in it. And in a moment, boom, Jesus said, arise, pick up your bed and walk. And he got strength in his legs. He was able to stand up. There's nothing God can't do. God can heal anything. God can heal anyone. God, listen, it's never too late. You're not too old and there's nothing too hard. There's nothing God can't heal you from. There's nothing God can't deliver you from. There's there's no obstacle that, that's too high. There's no opposition that's too strong. God can do all things. God's healing power is limitless. Say amen to that. I got to preach to you the impossibilities of God and put this in the chat, the impossible is possible for me. Put it in the chat. We got to be a a, a man or woman of God that can see the invisible, believe the impossible. The impossible is possible for me. Say amen to that. Number six, healing sometimes is not just physical. Sometimes we need to be healed in our soul. This man needed to be healed on the inside before he could be healed on the outside. Sometimes healing, sometimes you're dealing with a condition so long to where you get conditioned to it your condition can condition the way you think. And so sometimes you're dealing with a a, a physical condition that impacts your mental state to the point where you have accepted and you consider it to be your reality. And if you consider it to be your reality, then, then God can't change you because God can't change you on the outside until you change on the inside. Jesus needed the man to receive his healing on the inside. Sometimes, watch this. Let me say it this way. Put this in the chat. Soul restoration must precede physical healing. Soul restoration must precede physical healing. If you want to be healed in your physical body, you got to see yourself healed in your soul. Say amen to that. Last point for today, number seven, as I close, religious people are too focused on human performance to tap into the grace of God. And they're quick to criticize those that are walking by the grace of God. The religious people in the text, they criticize Jesus. Why? Because he, Jesus healed the man on a Saturday. They, they criticize, you know, they put the blame on others, but watch this, putting the blame on others is often a tactic 
that is designed to keep you from confronting your own inadequacies. In other words, it's like it's like smoke and mirrors. That what they're doing is putting pressure on other people because they don't want to come to grips with the fact that they can't do what, what they were frustrated with. This guy healed somebody on Saturday. They couldn't heal anybody on any day. And so a, a lot of times when you're living your life focused on performance, then performance-based religion will cause you to focus on the wrong things. You're focused on humanity instead of divinity. Hu religious people are humanity-focused. Grace-based people are just focused on doing whatever the Holy Spirit tells them to do, however the Holy Spirit tells them to do it. They're not worrying about anything else. And so what you have to do is do whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do, however the Holy Spirit tells you to do it. Now, religious people, they're quick to criticize and question, and people criticize what they do not understand. But you, as a man of God, you just have to go. Jesus never argued with the Pharisees or the Sanhedrin or the Sadducees or any of them. He just did whatever the Holy Spirit told him to do. If they didn't like it, oh, well, he's, he just moved on. That's how we're supposed to live. Say amen to that. That's enough for today. I covered a lot uh, this morning. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. Tomorrow, we'll move on to another miracle. Lift up your voice like a trumpet and say this. Say, Father, I thank you for your love and grace. I believe this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, my faith is reignited and increased. I learned learn from your word this morning to be led by your spirit in all things at all times. I learned that your spirit will often lead me to do things that don't make sense. And as a result, people may question or criticize what they do not understand. But I won't engage in futile arguments. I will simply do whatever you lead me to do, however you lead me to do it. I'm driven by purpose and not driven by need. I see myself the way you see me. I believe what you believe about me. And I am on this planet to make your name great. I don't have to make a name for myself. You promote me, you advance me, you increase me, and you bless me. All by your amazing grace. Nothing is impossible for you. Therefore, nothing is impossible for me. I enter this day knowing greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, I'd like to read those. Share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. Walk in the blessing. The best is yet to come. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart 
to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.